Well, praise God forever. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? All right, a disciple of Christ. Amen. All three campuses, a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ. You're a disciple, a follower of Christ, a learner, a learner under discipline. And so that's what a disciple is. Now, I want, to, I want you to picture something. I want you to picture the original 12 disciples. They're following Jesus around. He's teaching them privately in some sessions. And then he's preaching or teaching to thousands in other sessions. So he's constantly sharing truth with them. Can you imagine? If the disciples following Jesus were to go up to the temple as they did one day, and Jesus is observing everybody putting money into the offering box. And he observes a widow lady, and all of a sudden, he turns to his disciples, and he starts to say, guys, did you observe what was going on? Can you imagine one of the disciples saying, uh, Jesus, is this going to be about giving um, if it is, we've already heard like you share 20 times with us. You even share about the two brothers that were in a spat uh, because their father didn't make a will. And so the one trying to get you to intervene. So if it's going to be, I feel like I already know this, Lord. Can you imagine whether the disciples doing that? Well, I can. I can imagine Judas doing it. Now, let me ask you again. Just to make sure we're all on the same page. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? And whatever Jesus emphasizes, I'm not Jesus, but I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Whatever Jesus emphasized, we're going to emphasize in this church. Amen? And Jesus emphasized money giving the heart. Money giving the heart that goes with it. So I make no apologies today for speaking. Matter of fact, um, Robert Morse and I are teaming up today, all right, to speak on this message about three levels of giving. And I'm going first, and he's going to follow me up. We're going to give you a chance to respond. Well, uh, I want to encourage you to, to make a will. Be, that you'll find one at one of the exits. There should still be some left, hopefully. Or we're going to try to get it up online right away. You can uh, pick that will up, make it out, send it into our headquarters. They'll make you a free will. The condition is you leave God's tithe to the church. God's tithe to the church, 10%. Alice and I did this about 20 plus years ago. Some of you, you're like, well, I'm in good health. I'm doing good. I'm not going to die for a long time. I trust not. But you still need a will, all right? If you have kids especially, Please get one. Pick one of those up. Get your own, but make sure. Uh, guess what? If you don't have a will, the courts get to decide who takes care of your kids. God forbid they give them to someone that you don't want, like Bill and Sue. All right, and you'd be like, oh no, I'm getting that will this morning. I'm getting the will. I'm not going to take that chance on that happening. Uh, in the last couple of years, there have been two people that uh, gotten, got to the place they were so sick that uh, one of them had a lawyer come in uh, shortly before they died, and they accomplished the will, but it was contested 
basically, mostly because of when the timing was that he did or prepared the will. The other one uh, went to see a lady in the uh, nursing home, hospice care, I believe, and she was not even able, I understand, to articulate her desires. So her whole estate complicated as a result. Well, you don't want to put this off. Take care of it. And if you're the man, especially, and the, or whoever is the main breadwinner, both of you, go ahead and do it. Get some term insurance. Amen. These are spiritual things, folks. All right, I'm telling you. These are spiritual things. All right, so as you well have already guessed, I'm going to be speaking on the subject of the three levels of giving. Some of you were so touched last week, you decided to tithe, and you stepped up, you tithe. I mean, it was a little bit scary for you, but you stepped through that door because God spoke to you. And this week, I've got emails where people have said, I've repented. I've gotten right with God over this. I'm going to tithe from now on. Well, I found a picture that I think maybe describes or illustrates what you look like when you're stepping through the door of starting to tithe for the first time. So let's take a look at it. There it is. That's you on the right, my right, and the Holy Spirit taking you on a roller coaster ride. All right. So um, on a roller coaster, there is great exhilaration, but there's also those moments of, oh, going over the ledge, a little bit of fear. So uh, anyway, I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. God's going to open the window of heaven over your life. He's going to rebuke the devourer, whatever has been stealing from you. And God's going to give you wisdom to know how maybe you need to adjust your spending habits uh, so that you can start to be a giver, start on a journey that God has prepared for you that is a journey of blessing from tithing to offerings to extravagant giving. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration unlike Robert Morris, who will give one later. His is a, a major uh, extravagant gift. Uh, mine is is uh, on a level that maybe some of you can identify with. When I first came to this church, um, I was paid the grand old sum of $100 a week. $100 a week. Some of you have never made 100. You've always more, made more than 100, but they hired me, and boy, did they get a good deal. $100 a week, all right? I took a $50 a week cut to come here. Uh, I was making $150. Took this job for $100. What was wrong with me? Heaven's sakes, all right? Well, for, first of all, I would rather have $100 a week in the will of God than $150 a week out of the will of God. So it was a simple good choice for me. Well, I was making that $100 a week. I'm sitting in service one day. Uh, it was in our small little chapel that would only hold about, I don't know, maybe 100 people at best. Uh, I'm sitting there and as a youth pastor, and a guest speaker gets up, and he is challenging us. He's speaking on giving. My heart is stirred. I, I want to I do more. I'm already a tither. And all of a sudden, 
God speaks to my heart to give a whole week's salary. And that was me up there uh, those years ago in that roller coaster. <gasps> I didn't have a credit card. What am I going to do for eating out? What am, what, what am I going to do? Uh, at that time, I was single. hadn't met Alice yet. Uh, and um, there were some uh, girls in the church, and, and their mothers would invite me over, hoping that I would show interest and uh, there'd be a connection. And, uh, but uh, so at that point, I, I knew it was happening and I was a little hesitant, but that week I was hoping a bunch of them would call me up, all right? So, and ooh, uh, I don't know, maybe some of you mothers are still here. I'm sorry, your daughter was wonderful. Uh, they were great, uh, everything about them was good, but Alice was God's choice for me. So anyway, I enjoyed your food while it lasted. All right. But God sat there and when I finally said, okay, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to eat, uh, but God, I'm, I'm going to give this whole week's salary to you. And so maybe you're on, more on that level, but uh, God is going to do exciting things in your life. I look back, I don't even remember how, but God made a way. God made it happen. I didn't miss it. And uh, God's uh, call to my obedience was answered. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here is the word of God. Here is Jesus and he's saying, not only to those 12 disciples, but all of those disciples that had already started to follow him and everyone else that was there that day. He says, give, and it will be given to you. That's still his word to us. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will he put into your bosom? Far with, this is the important part, well, the second important part, far with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Now, this verse absolutely is talking about money, but it's not just money. It's talking about mercy. If you sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. It's talking about forgiveness. If you sow forgiveness, you'll reap forgiveness. Uh, whatever you sow, you will reap. Uh, let's just try an experiment right now. Turn to the person next to you and smile. What, you, you immediately, you don't always reap immediately what you sow, but you immediately reaped another smile. Now, how many of you had somebody frown at you? All right. Uh, we, there's an altar right here, all right? So I expect you down here afterwards. So what's your problem? Smile and uh, do it now. And um, okay, so you immediately, but the opposite is also true. If you don't forgive, you sow that, you will reap unforgiveness. If you sow anger, you will reap anger. And so the process goes on and on and on. Now, the problem with too many people, the emphasis in their life is on the receiving part. 
Their attitude is, God, where are you? Uh, it doesn't seem like you bless me like you bless them. Over here, uh, uh, my, my cousin, Lord, they seem to be greatly blessed. Uh, what's the problem? You don't seem to be blessing me, God. Uh, how come, Lord, I've been serving you for 20 years and I, you, you hardly ever give, but you're saying, God, when are you going to start giving? Because when you start giving, I will start giving. Did you hear what I just said? God, if you will start giving, then I will start giving. No, that's not the way it works. You give first, and then you receive, all right? So you've been looking at this verse the wrong way. So start giving. The Macedonians, got, the Bible says, gave out of their poverty. They gave out, they were in poverty, and they gave out of their poverty. Why? Because Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. That's what he said. Now, I'm not a prophet, don't claim to be, but I will tell you this. Uh, there is no question in my mind, the chances are excellent that if you don't accept this principle into your life of uh, being a, a tither, giving God what belongs to him and seeing him kick the enemy out, the devourer out, and open the window of heaven over your life five years from now, a year from now, things are probably going to be pretty much the same thing. I told you about the person that came to me after I, they'd been in our church almost 30 years, and they said, Pastor, I finally got it. I finally got it. I finally got it. I'm going to start tithing. And I wanted to rejoice with her. And then I'm like, oh, my Lord, you finally got it. And you missed out on what God wanted to do in your life. Now, I'm not saying God didn't do some things in her life. But she hindered God from doing all that he wanted to do in her life. Do not hinder God. I mean, you do everything you possibly can to make sure that God is able to just pour out upon your life great blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 15. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. You shall surely give, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all of which you put your hand. That's what I want for all of you. So maybe even last week, you tithe first time, and this week, you've been looking for a check in the mail, and it didn't come. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know, it's been a whole week now. It's been a whole week, Pastor. Seven days, I had, nothing's happened. Well, and I gave that money, and now I'm missing that money. You are grieving over the money. Do not grieve over the money. You just know and believe. You start confessing this, that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's what you confess. And you confess, I'm going to tithe, God. I, it doesn't matter if it immediately comes back. I'm tithing not to get, but because I love you. Now, and besides, they say, you know, he's got a 
cows on a thousand hills and he'll sell some of them and give you the money, all right? So just keep in mind, God wants to make you a person of blessing, not only to yourself and your family, but to others. Selfishness can attack us before we give, but grief can attack us after we give. Well, let me go to this one, guys. Your new nature inside of you wants you to be generous. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to be generous? To just be able to not only tithe, but give to the missionary coming through that's got a need, and somebody's got a need uh, in, in the family. Uh, you're able to help them out. Uh, you're just able. I mean, when you go to a restaurant and uh, the waitress is terrible, and you, your spirit says she's having a bad day, uh, or it's like the one that waited on me one time. She was pregnant about eight and a half months, uh, and she was rude to me unkind. I, I, I felt bad. She just treated me like I was nobody. And I'm a somebody. I'm in G. I'm a Christian. And so she just treated me terribly. I backed up. I'm like waiting on my food. And I'm like, dear God, have mercy. <laughs> she made me feel terrible. I mean, she treated me horribly. And then all of a sudden, I think it was the whole, I know it was the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, look at her. Look at her. Don't look at what she did, but look at her. Look at her. She's pregnant, about to give birth any day. What is she doing? She's still working. She's on her feet. She's going here and there, and she's serving food. Uh, if you were her, you'd probably be, a, with those sore feet, you'd probably be a little irritable too, girl. And all of a sudden, instead of being somewhat ticked, I, um, all of a sudden, I think I saw her through the Holy Spirit's eyes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to give her a big tip. I'm going to give her a big one. I'm going to give her $2 this time. I'm, gonna, I'm just going for it. <laughs> no, the tip would have been about two, but I'm like, I'm going to give her 20. I had her 20. I'm going to give her 20. And when she brought that food over and, and I smiled and handed her that 20, you would have thought I lifted a load off of her shoulders that couldn't be lifted. I mean, all of a sudden, a smile came to her face. She became radiant. Uh, that, then I was like, I should have given her 40. And so anyway, <laughs> you want to be generous? I know you do. You want to be uh, Years ago, we had a guest speaker, and he was speaking on, uh, well, uh, let me just tell you what he did. I'm sitting, the staff used to sit on the platform, and I was over here, over to the side of him, and he gets up and he says, how many of you would like to have a million dollars, somebody to give you a million dollars? Well, I'm like, is this a trick question? Um, I, I was like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to raise my hand because that looks selfish and I, greedy. And so I didn't raise my hand. And most of the people, they follow my example. They didn't raise their hand either. And he looked over and he grabbed the pulpit. And he said, you mean to tell me you wouldn't like to have a million dollars so you could give more to missions and you could help people and bless the kingdom of God? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Give me two million, Lord. Yes, yes. I was, and I know that I would have been generous. You know why? Because I was already generous. 
It wasn't some quatrum leap that I was going to make. No, there are some people that say, give me a million and I'll be generous. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. If you're not generous now, take a a rocket under you to get you to change, uh, send you into orbit and scare you to death to be able to give like that. Because, and people say that, oh, if I had this, I'd do this. No, you wouldn't. No, look at what you're doing now. A pastor called me years ago and he said, hey, pastor, he said, I'm in this building program. And I said, this man in our church is going to give this large amount of money. And I said, well, I said, what does he give now? He said, well, let me go check. Well, he doesn't really give that much now. I said, well, brother, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in what he's saying. And the truth of the matter is, that money is still in that other guy's pocket. Anyway, and so let me quickly give you this. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea. I love Cornelius. I had never met the guy, of course, but I love Cornelius. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to this guy. There was a certain man in Caesarea, Cornelius. He was a Roman officer, over a hundred Roman soldiers, man's man. A centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man. Now look. He was devout. I don't know why. I don't know if he was raised devout. I don't know if he came to Israel and had an encounter with Jehovah God. I don't know. But it says he was a devout man. He was not born again at this point. He didn't have the spirit of Christ living in him like most of us do. So here he is. Even though he doesn't have Christ living in him, he's devout. And one who feared God. He had a reverence for God with all his household. And look who gave alms, how? Uh, you, you folks on the same page, look at it right there. There it is. All right. He gave alms. Okay. He gave alms. You getting this at Michigan? Red Buck. He gave alms to you guys. He gave alms. No, that was for them. And so anyway, all right. He gave alms generously, and he prayed always. So here he is, Cornelius, a Roman soldier. He gives generously, and he prays a lot. And it got God's attention. It got God's attention. And God had him sent for Peter. Peter came and preached in his house, and all of his household, his whole family got born again, and his friends got born again, and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were speaking in tongues. Peter was in shock, and then they baptized them all in water. They had a revival, and so here we are, 21 days of fasting and prayer. You've been fasting. You've been praying. You are giving, and God, you've got God's attention. What's going to happen in your family. Believe for your family to get saved. Believe for someone in your family to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. This goes over also. Somebody need a healing? Believe for them to be healed in Jesus' name. Well, the tithe starts first. And the tithe can be hard sometimes. Story, I'm not sure it's true, but I believe maybe it certainly could be. A man came to a pastor and he said, Pastor, 
I need prayer. Please pray for me. Um, Pastor, what's the problem? He says, well, years ago, when I made $500 a week, uh, paying the tithe wasn't that difficult. It was actually easy. I did it all the time. But now, Pastor, he said, I make $50,000 a week. And $5,000 tithe, that's just a lot of money. And it's really, it's hard to give that. He said, will you pray for me? He said, okay, I'll pray, brother. Let's pray. Father, Father, help this man to go back to making $500 so he can easily give. Some of you liked that, didn't you? Because it hit a little too close to home, didn't it? All right, so, okay. This past week, I walked into the office, ran into a wonderful lady in our church, Glenda Leader, and after hearing her story, she had come to drop her tithe. She had heard the message. She was a tither, but they had, her and her husband had sold a home in New York, and there was a rather uh, sizable amount. She brought it in to give it, and and uh, I ran into her, so we decided, boy, we can get this on tape. Stepped outside, and this is what we heard. I stepped inside today and met this wonderful young lady who's been attending our church for some time. And so she wanted to tell me uh, her tithing story. So tell us a little bit about what's been going on in your life and your husband. I'm um, here, my husband. We have been tithing for a long time. The faith assembly of God, and we have seen the blessings from our 10% tide in each month. And we've been that supernaturally. And I have decided to give 10% of my wealth to Pastor Carl or the faith assembly. Or the, faith <laughs> <laughs> the faith assembly. Uh, and you said. Things have not even broken down. Like. No, no, everything, my checkbook is never empty. Things work. Things work. Don't break down. No, my car runs, no problem. And you've been tithing for how long? Over 20, almost 20 years. 20 years. 10%. And um, you watched the message last week and you felt led. You had sold something and you felt led to tithe off of that. Yes. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your obedience, first of all, to the Lord. And now, God's going to use this to touch others and help them to see that the persistent, faithful tither is greatly blessed of God. Would you say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> God bless you so much. There are three levels of giving, by the way, if you don't know this, and I've done lots of study in the area of giving. Three levels of giving. I saw this years and years ago, probably 20, 25 years ago. Uh, tithes, offerings, and extravagant offerings. And nearly every uh, gift you see in Scripture falls under the area of a tithe, an offering, or an extravagant offering. I remember when I saw that, I called Steve Doolin, one of our elders and a close friend of mine, and uh, I said to him, did you know there are three levels of giving in the Bible? And he said, yep. I said, you do not. Made me mad because, you know, when a preacher finds something in the Bible, we don't think anybody else knows it. And here I'm talking to a layman, you know, a guy that owns a company I said, at that time. And I say, hey, I say, you don't either. I said, what, what are the three levels in? He said, tithes, offerings, and painful offerings. <laughs> I said, well, it's close enough. Did you know, though, that most Christians never get to the first level of giving? 
You know how many Christians last year tithed 10% of their gross income to their local church? Undesignated, by the way. By the way, the reason that it's undesignated, you can't say I want 5% here and 3% here and 2%. The reason you can't designate your tithe is because it doesn't belong to you. And people do want to designate money because they want to control. Can I say that again? Because I've seen it a lot. I've seen a lot of people try to buy me. If I give a big gift, will you do this? I just go and answer it. No. No. So you can't designate. So you know how many Christians actually give 10% of their gross income to their local church? It's between 5 and 7%. So only 93 to 95%, 93 to 95%, let me say it this way, of all believers never even get to the very first level of giving. Here's the great news though. If you ever get to the first level, you'll get to the second and the third because the first level breaks the curse and opens the windows of heaven over you. <laughs> I told you about Steve a moment ago and the Lord, when he said painful offerings, one of the reasons he said that was because God asked him one time to give a very extravagant offering. I think God asked every person several times in their lives to give an extravagant offering, but it might be different for you, okay? So I wanna say that, clarify that as I, as I talk about this. And um, next week is Pastor Jimmy Evans, and then the next week we'll conclude the series, and I'll share with you our giving testimony uh, for, of Debbie and me, how God began us on this journey. But so one time, Steve and Melody, Steve had paid all the bills and got down to the bottom of his um, checkbook. Now, you need to know that Steve owned a company for many years and now works with our business ministry and, and sold his company and uh, made millions of dollars and gave millions of dollars away. Matter of fact, for 15 years, he gave 50% of his income to the kingdom. So uh, God had blessed him tremendously financially. So one day, he's adding up, he pays his bills, and he looks at the amount that's left over in his checking account, and he thought, God, you have been so good to me. And then he just thought, I wonder how much cash I have. And he had no debt, no mortgage, no, no company debt, no debt at all. So he went to his savings account and he took that number and added it to his checking balance. And then he went to his, an investment account that he had and he added that to the other two and then he went to his retirement account and he added all four numbers and he had a, a very, very large number. And uh, he went to bed. Next morning he got up and he was having his quiet time. The Lord said to him, how much money do you have? And he said, my first thought was, I knew I shouldn't have added that up. <laughs> and he'd heard my testimony about giving everything away and he thought, I wonder if God's ever going to ask me to do that. And here was this time where he knew exactly how much he had. So the Lord said, how much money do you have? And he said, what do you mean, God? I mean, do you mean like in my wallet? You mean how much do I have in my wallet? And the Lord said, how much money do you have? He said, what do you mean? You mean like in my checking account? What do you mean? The Lord said, how much money do you have? He was saying to him, you know what I mean. You know exactly how much you have. You added it up last night. So he said, well, Lord, I have this much money. And the Lord said to him, would you give it to me? Now, he said, my first thought was fear. That was my first thought. And that's what the enemy will do. He said, but my second thought was, the Lord asked me. He asked me. And he said, yes, yes, Lord, I would love to do this. So he and Melody gave everything away, everything they had, all the cash, everything. 
by the end of the next calendar business year, so longer than 12 months. It was the rest of that year and then another calendar business year. He's having his quiet time one day and the Lord said to him, hey, go add up those four accounts. And he said, it's, it's okay, it's all right, I'm good. I, I trust you, it's good. And the Lord said to him, no, no, it's, it's all right. Just trust me, go, go look at him. And he went and looked at all four accounts. Now get this, in just a little over a year later, all four accounts had more than twice as much in every account. And God said, what took you 15 years to do? I did it in one year. I could have done it in one day, son. I'm just simply saying, I'm not asking you to give everything. I'm not asking anyone here to do that, anyone. I'm asking you, though, to give everything God tells you to. And let me just tell you, when God does give you the opportunity to give an extravagant gift, it'll be the greatest thing. You will look back on it for the rest of your life, thinking we gave this, we, it was such a joy for us to do that. So here's the, the third point I wanna share with you is the reward of generosity. The reward of generosity. Uh, now this same story that we read in John 12 is also in Matthew and in Mark. Let me read you one verse from Mark. Mark 14 verse nine says, assuredly I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Okay. Notice I said the reward of generosity. Um, she was rewarded. Where Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this is gonna be told. She, she, she got a reward, but she didn't come to give her, get a reward, she just came to give. I asked you, well, why, why did Satan, I mean, why did, why did Judas why was he so upset about this? Well, we know it's because he was a thief, that's why, and stole from God. Why, though, did Mary give such a generous gift? Let me answer that question. Because two months before this, her brother Lazarus had been raised from the dead. See, generosity comes from gratitude. Grateful people are generous. Well, let me ask you something. If one of your family members was raised from the dead, would you be grateful? <laughs> and do you think that might change the way you give to God? I think it changed. By the way, when I say one of your family members, let me just remind you, all of you who believe in Jesus have been raised from the dead. Because Ephesians says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive. We were buried with him and raised to walk a new life. But I want you to understand that she did not come to be rewarded but God rewarded her. God always rewards generosity. Now let me, let me give you the definition of generosity though. Generosity is when you give expecting nothing in return. Selfishness is when you give and think that God owes you something. That's selfishness. Generosity is when you give to not get anything back. But here's the amazing thing, God always rewards that. Uh, Hebrews 11, Verse six says, without faith it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This word rewarder is a Greek, comes from a Greek word that's only in the Bible one time, only in the New Testament, one time. And it's, it's a five syllable Greek word and nearly every syllable means when you put them together and all the, from the root and all means to pay what is due. But there's one syllable that changes it 
and it means to reward with extravagance, to give more than what is due. It's like if uh, someone lost his wallet and you returned it, and instead of giving you a $50 reward, he gives you a $5,000 reward. He said, well, there's only, you know, $50 in the wallet. This is, this is too much, okay. He's not rewarding the amount that you returned. He's rewarding your honesty, the attitude of your heart. See, it's not the amount, it's the attitude of our heart that God rewards. And he always re rewards. You have to understand, uh, let me say a double negative grammatically. God cannot not reward you. He's going to reward you if you give with the right heart. Here's the reason why. Because it says God is a rewarder. He is. This is something he is. In other words, God can't lie to you because he is truth. He can't lie because he is truth. He is truth. He is a rewarder. Lots of times God has blessed us financially. But there's a difference between being blessed and being rewarded. He blesses us with finances. But Genesis 12, 12 tells us what his reward is. He said, I'll reward, your reward will be me. I'll reward you with myself. He rewards you with himself. In other words, it affects every area of your life. So I'm going to tell you something that happened, and then I'm going to give you the rest of the story that I've never told you. Okay, I shared one time this with you, a testimony, but I've never shared the rest of the story. Uh, there was a single mom in our church and she was, uh, the Lord was dealing with her about tithing. And I shared the message about the $1,000, and this was a few years ago. I shared the message about $1,000, how much tithe, and that week she'd made $1,000, and it was the first time she'd made $1,000 in a week. And I'm sharing about $1,000 and the tithe is $100. And she's just getting more and more convicted that she needs to put God first in her life. So at the end of the service, she gets her checkbook out. She writes out a check. And while, when she's about to put $100, the Lord said to her, add $20. And she said, Lord, this is going to be a struggle for me to do this. A tithe. And he said, well, yeah, but I want you to give an offering also. And she said, I sat there and struggled and struggled and struggled. Finally, I wrote the check for $120 put it in the offering box before I left. She's walking out to her car. Now, I need you to know this. There, was, there is a man in our church that for years and years and years has carried $100 bills in his wallet and gives them to people when God tells him. He sees this woman walking to, his, to her car, and the Lord says, go give that woman a $100 bill. So he reaches in his wallet, pulls it out, and right beside the $100 bill was a $20 bill, and the Lord said, give her the 22 and he said, um, Lord, I give $100 bills. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for years, and, this is, and the Lord said, no, you obey. That's what you do. And he said, when you give her the other 20, she'll know why. Now, isn't that amazing? She writes a check for 120. There's a guy that gives hundreds, but he gives her 20. So I tell this story to the whole church just a few years ago. I tell, I tell all of you. I go home and that night we'd invited the kids over for dinner. And it was just shortly after my daughter had come back to the Lord. My daughter lived a, a double life for a while and I've shared that with you and she shares it in, when she speaks. But it wasn't very long and I was so grateful for my daughter coming back to the Lord. So all the kids come over and my daughter says, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, yeah. And so we went in my office. She gets these tears in her eyes and she says, 
story you told today about the man that gives the hundred dollars away? I said, yeah. She said, that's you, isn't it? I said, yeah, sugar, that's me. And just so you know, by the way, I didn't lie to you guys. I just said there's a man in our church, and I'm, I'm in the church, okay? But I just didn't want to say it was me. I just wanted to just, I wanted the emphasis to be on what God had done. And so I said, why? Why'd you think that was me? She said, because the whole time we were growing up, when you started turn, telling that story, I was remembering all those times that you would get out of the car and you'd go talk to someone and you'd put something in their hand. She said, I had probably 10 or 15 memories come back to me. She said, you were giving $100 bills, weren't you? I said, yeah. And my daughter, who'd been away from the Lord, looked at me and said, Daddy, I want to be like you. I want to be like you one day. That's a reward. Wow. Say amen. Praise God. Wow. Praise God. I want to ask you to do something that um, we ask on a regular basis. Stay with us until you're dismissed, please. It's just going to be a few more minutes. We're going to um, ask our ushers to stand and assist us and to receive uh, God's tithe, your offerings, and, and uh, ushers, go right ahead. You can just start. And listen, uh, right after this, please don't slip out yet. We're going to go right into an altar time. That's a very, very important um, moment in the church, our church life. So please, please, please don't slip out yet. Pastor John's going to lead us in the course. God bless you as you give. You can have it all, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe on. This heart that is now yours mm. Or you can have it all, Lord Every part of my world Take this life and breathe on On this heart that is now God. Would you bow your heads with us, please? Everyone, please. And we're going to ask Christians to just be whispering a word of prayer, praying, because there are people in this building, their first priority is not to give, 
of their paycheck or their income, their first priority is to give their heart and life to God. I couldn't help but think when he was talking about his daughter coming back to the Lord and saying, Dad, I, I want to be like you. How that you and I should want to be like God. And when you're like Him, oh my goodness, your life will be different forevermore. So across this building this morning or afternoon, across this building, these people are praying. You're sitting here. You know about Him. You believe in Him in your mind, but you do not have a relationship with Him. You're living in a sinful life. You're not going His way. You're going your way. And God is calling you to Him. God is calling you by His Spirit. God loves you more deeply than you could ever, ever imagine. On earth, we just get a taste of that love but when we walk into his presence the fulfillment of that love will be expressed right now he wants to change your life you need to make him the Lord of your life that means you give your life away so across the building today that's you you need Christ you need to get right with God slip your hand up high all across this building. Just slip your hand up high. Do it now. Slip it up. Raise your hand. You need God. Yes. Yes. Others. Quickly. Just lift your hand high. In the risers, there are people that need God. Here on the floor, lift your hand. You need Christ. Others. God bless you. Others. You're worth waiting on. We're going to wait another moment because I know God's dealing with hearts. Anyone else in this building? Anyone else? You will acknowledge. Yes, Pastor, pray for me. I need God. Anyone else? God bless. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for touching hearts. Thank you for drawing people to yourself. In Jesus' name, stand with us, please. Still, no slipping out. We'll, we'll dismiss. We promise in just a few moments, but it's so vitally important. You don't want to hinder anyone from responding to God. So if you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand and you should have, or you're a believer who just needs somebody to pray with you, maybe you've started this faith walk and and uh, you're just coming to the altar to say, here I am, Lord, I, I, I'm going to let you. I need you to figure this out for me, Lord. Put faith and trust and everything I need in my life. And God will touch you and help you. He already is. And if you need a physical healing, come to this altar. Let's believe God today for a physical healing in your body. So, Pastor John, lead us, please. You can have it all. You can have it all, Lord. Yes. God, yes. If you raise your hand, you needed prayer. You needed to get right with God. Why don't you slip out and come? 
make your way to this front. Or if you just need prayer, you're a believer, but you need God, you need prayer, slip out and come. Make your way to this altar. God's speaking to you now. Jesus, my God. Jesus, my God. Jesus, my God. Every part of God, Almighty Lord, God Almighty Lord. Yes, God, in Jesus' name. Yes, there's still people coming. You step out and come. Others of you need Christ. You need to get right with God. Make your way here. Jesus, my God. Yes, God, yes. God Almighty Lord. Slip your hand in this direction, please. And you can still fr- feel free to slip out and come. But Pastor John is going to lead us in prayer. Let's pray for these at this altar and ask God to minister to them. God bless you richly. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, God, for your presence here today. And thank you so much, God, for your presence that's moving here at these altars and it's moving in the lives of those, God, that are reaching out to you today that are watching from a screen somewhere. God, we know that your power, that your power is real and that, God, you are ministering to those that are reaching out to you right now. And I pray in Jesus' name that, God, they would know you, that they would know your healing power, that they would know your saving power, that they would know your delivering power. I thank you, God, for turning situations around. I thank you, God, for mending families back together. I thank you, God, for healing and doing the miraculous in these lives. And I thank you, Lord, that when they leave this time at this altar or when this moment passes, God, that that their moment with you will continue, Lord God, to the rest of their lives. I thank you that you'll lead them and guide them and continue to bless them and show them your favor and your love. And I pray in Jesus' name that that would happen all under the sound of my voice, that God, as we navigate this week and this season, Lord God, that we would walk in your favor and under your blessings. I, I claim them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ over everyone, God, that is calling you Lord and Savior today and that is walking in your word. We love you. Bless us all as we go in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Love you, church. Hope you have an awesome, blessed week and that we see you again very soon. To all of our first-time guests, don't forget there is a reception in your honor outside of these doors and to our left at our guest reception center. God bless you all.